Friday bags. There's just something about doing the show on a Friday that I enjoy. And as you know, it it oftentimes means very little to me working weekends, but it is still Friday. And if you've been around the station, it has a different feel, even if you do work weekends. How are you, man? I'm good, man. Uh, so are you, you're still working this weekend? I know you have like 10 million vacation days you got to use up. Are you in there or out? Dude, I'm doing the weekend more. You, if right. you TV in the capital region, you will wake up with me on Saturday and Sunday mornings this weekend. So you've obviously done news before yeah. at your prior place of employment. Life. But it's been a while. Yeah. How do you feel about that transition uh, going back? Do you feel like sports to news, no problem? I mean, what are you most looking forward to about it? Well, they're starting me off the right way on the morning show on the weekend. It's a little bit more lighthearted, um, ease into it a little bit. But I'm looking forward to it, man. Look, I oftentimes crave um, not like wholesale change, but different challenges, sure. right? And this show was part of that. And and hopefully it takes another step beyond what we're currently doing. Um, but I, so I look forward to kind of those little challenges and this will be one for me. It's not going to be long term. We're in a transition. Um, yeah. And so I'm just kind of filling a gap for a little bit. Well, keep this in mind, though, about the lighthearted morning show. It only takes one actual news event for all that to change, yeah. which I know you would handle well. But I mean, 9-11 started as a morning show event. So you never yeah. know in this business. But yeah, man, I'm looking forward to seeing that. That is a different side of Mr. Honorado. second of it. No, I won't. I won't. <laughs> I won't live, but I might, you know, check out the I'll check out the highlights on SportsCenter. Perfect. That sounds good, man. Um, interesting NFL weekend coming up this weekend, Bags. I think if you look at the slate of games, you say there aren't any that jump out at me. Maybe there are only two. Right. I think in our minds, this is what you and I agreed on here is kind of the games to watch this weekend. They're the only two games this weekend in the NFL, Shawnee, that feature both teams with over 500 records. So before we get into this, let me just say there are other games that matter because there are other games that involve teams that absolutely need to win. These two are the ones that if you're looking for just a really good football game, these are the two where you're probably going to get it. Yeah. And the best, obviously, is the Rams-Cardinals because you have a division matchup there. So it feels like there's a little bit more on the line with that one, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, so I'll do, the, I'll do the thing you hate when I do. And that's ask a question that I don't know the answer to in hopes that you might, even though you probably won't. So when was the last time this happened in the NFL where you had just two games? You have no idea. Not even going to finish the question because you have no clue. No, I mean, I don't even know that Schefter could tell us. Um, right. You know, it, yeah, it feels rare. It feels rare, but... But I wonder if it is. Because you need, you know, four teams in this case with winning records. To but wind probably, if you just said every team in, in every division has an over 500 record, which we know the NFC East doesn't, okay? There's at least one more every week that's going to be... A factor right. you would think yeah for sure and there's so many teams that after first place in each division they're just hovering or they're below you know so look at the nfc north green bay's eight and three but chicago's five and six minnesota's five and six you've got teams that are that aren't even at 500 and they're second place in that division right so i yeah. bet it's rare i bet it's rare no we, we won't know for sure because we didn't do the research see i'm in on cleveland tennessee because okay. part of me still wants to find out if the Browns are, quote, for real. So what's it going to take? I mean, Maybe winning here. 11 games sample size isn't enough for you? Maybe winning here. Maybe winning in Nashville to beat the Titans who lead the AFC South. Maybe that'll be enough for me. And if Mayfield plays well, I'll say, you know what? Okay, Cleveland could be a factor in the playoffs. They could win a playoff game. So what's been the difference this year for Cleveland versus last year? The run game is insane. I mean, okay. statistically, oh. I don't know if it's the best in the NFL, but the two-headed monster that, that the Browns have in the backfield, Correct. that has been the difference. So let me ask you this. Was it ever Baker that was the problem? Yes. 
but but maybe only because he was being put in bad situation. I know you're going to say, well, that's the coaching problem. But there, there are quarterbacks bags who are good enough to still play well and win games, even if they're not put in the best situations. Now, there may only be three or four of them in the league, like Rodgers and Mahomes and sure. maybe Breeze. You know what I mean? So Mayfield may not be good enough to play above bad coaching decisions. But yeah. now that there's been some good coaching decisions by Kevin Stefanski and they're running the ball as much and as effectively as they are, maybe we see, hey, Baker, Baker's okay. I've always kind of thought that quarterbacks get way too much of the credit or way too much of the blame. We know it's the most important position in sports, right? Yeah. But I wonder if because of that mentality, we make it far and away the most important position in sports. And I just don't know if it's true because it is such a team game. You need that protection on the line. You need the weapons to be able to throw to. You need an effective run game to usually have an effective passing game. And it just makes me wonder if we don't overrate that position a little bit. I mean, they do get all the credit. They are the MVPs usually. They're the guys who, when you think back on championship teams, you know, with the exception of the uh, Trent Dilfer Ravens, you always go to the quarterback. Uh, and I wonder if that's if that's overrating the position slightly. I don't think it is. I, I say it all the time. It's the most important position in all of sports, in any sport. It's quarterback. But that's only because if you have a bad one, you, you almost definitely don't have a chance. Whereas other positions you can get away with not having great. So that's why it's the most important position. But I'm just saying, do do guys, because we know it's the most important position, do we then give guys in that position too much of the credit or too much of the blame and don't take into account what they have around them enough? Because it is important, even for good quarterbacks, maybe not the best of the best, but even for good quarterbacks, if they don't have those things around them, it's hard to succeed at the highest level of this game. And I know they're eight and three, but I wouldn't pick them to win the Super Bowl almost no matter what happens the rest of the way here. What has been the criticism of the Packers? is that they haven't given Rodgers enough. And I know he's playing at an MVP level, but when they have to play against the Saints and the Seahawks and maybe the Bucks a second time around of the playoffs, can they win those games? I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, all right, so if those are the two games we're locked in on for sure, games in the NFC East are important this weekend because that division is just a total mess. And it is still up for grabs, although I think there is one team in particular that really has the inside track. Before we do that, though, Bags, let's do a first time here on the show, Bank On It Flashback. All right, Chris, Bank On It, presented by Capcom Federal Credit Union. The New York Giants will win the NFCs. Now, they got Washington this week. Hear me out, all right? They got, here's the schedule, Washington, Philadelphia, huge one, and then at the Bengals. I see the Giants right now going on a three-game winning streak. Pretty good. What do you have to say for yourself? I think I had the same shirt on, number one. <laughs> uh, number two, look, we've that was a month ago. That was a month I have ago. not been great on bank on it. That's the one I nailed. Now, I'm, we've got Bank On It coming up later on the show. I'm going to have a little bonus Bank On It right now for you, though, okay? Okay. A little, a little Capcom freebie here, all right? <laughs> um, every team in this division is going to lose this week. I know. Yeah. So oh, oh, yeah, I'll tell you what. Had you, if, if what you just did stole my Bank In, I'd be pretty pissed off. But, but you didn't. Oh, good. Because it's a really good one. Okay, good. Um, yeah, it's... This is this is not good. I know you have the matchups. We're going to be in the same position we are right now a week from now because, I mean, look at this. Seattle, no chance. Daniel Jones or not, he had no chance. Pittsburgh is going to roll Washington. Green Bay going to roll Philly. Baltimore, I know they're not great right now uh, given all the stuff that they've got going on. But they gave Pittsburgh a pretty good run, really shorthanded, and Dallas just isn't good. So they're going to beat Dallas, too. This is an 0 for, 0 for 4 this week in the NFC East. I think you're right, too. When I saw this schedule and I was putting notes together for the show, I thought, 
I don't know any of these teams in the NFC East. You know, we're going to be at four and eight, and the Giants will still hold the tie break for first place in that division. Although I do think if there's a team that wins this weekend, I think it's Washington. Wow. I think it's Washington. Wow. Pittsburgh's really good. The defense is great, but they're not going to blow you. I I don't think they blow you out with that offense. No, and so, you know what? Paul, our buddy Paul, around, look out. Yeah, our buddy Paul at work, big Steelers fan. He's like, let me tell you something. They're 11 and 0, but it's like this every game. He was telling me as we're watching that Baltimore yeah. game. He's like, they're just, they're in too many games for a team that hasn't lost a game. So it wouldn't shock me if somebody gets them, but I, it would shock me if it was Washington, man. They don't even have a name, Chris. They don't even have a name. You know, our buddy Orc CJ says, this is how every NFL team should be. It should just be the Green Bay football team, the Dallas football team, the no nicknames, no nicknames at all. I, I can't get on board with that. No, I don't like it. That's I mean, look, some of the nicknames are. You were no dead on with your Giants prediction. Three straight wins now. Yeah. Does this team still win the division? I know nothing has really changed enough maybe to change your mind. But if you look at the schedules, the Giants don't have what I'd call another winnable game, really, until the until week 17 against the Cowboys, whereas the road for Washington's much easier. True. The road is easier, but when I when I look at the Giants and the Redskins, I think the Giants are better. And because of that, like give me this week, for example, and we're gonna have other weeks like this where both or all of these teams are the dogs going in. I'm going to pick the Giants more likely to pull off an upset, even if the matchup for them is more difficult than the game Washington is playing because I think the Giants are better. And I'll even start it with this week, man. I think of these four games, um, give me the Giants to be the one if I had to pick one to get the upset win. Again, I'm not picking one. I think we're taking the over here in the NFC East. But if I had to take one, it'd be New York. Now, if I tell you Colt McCoy is definitely the starter, are you saying that Giants still the best shot to win? Yeah. The running game for the Giants has been really good. I think since Barkley's injury, they're eighth in the league in rushing yards per game. So Mm -hmm. it hasn't blown you away. But part of that, remember, part of that is Daniel Jones. Part of that is Daniel Jones. He's effective running the ball. Um, And it's a hamstring injury for Jones, you said, even if he doesn't play. Uh, you still kind of like their chances there in Seattle. Hamstring injury uh, has not practiced all week, but he is going to travel with the team. So they're at least going to give him the opportunity pregame warmups to to kind of test that hamstring out and see how well, it goes. Yeah, let me be clear. I don't like their chances. No, I know. You're saying 0 for 4 in the division. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. yeah. All right. We're not holding you to it. All right, all relax. Right. All right. Okay. Uh, hey, new partnership on the show, which we're really excited about. The holiday season is here. Okay, and it's evidenced simply, of course, by the decorations. So you know that Christmas is right around the corner Uh, for all your holiday shopping needs, whether you're doing a major purchase like an engagement ring or if you just want to buy something that sparkles and shines for somebody special in your life. Frank Adams Jewelers in Stuyvesant Plaza is the spot to go. It's where I went. It's the only stop I made when I had to make my biggest jewelry purchase, the engagement ring. And I knew I would go nowhere else. I've been hooked ever since. And so if you're ready to make that leap in your life, go see Kimberly at Frank Adams Jewelers. Uh, If you're just looking for a gift as well, they've got the perfect setup. Everything is socially distanced in the store. Everything is as clean as possible. They even will do curbside pickup for you. You can even call or text bags to make an appointment to do some shopping so you know that you are one of very few in the store. Now, with us being partners with them, do you think if I pitched them uh, a new slogan, they would consider it? What do you got? I got, if you're going to make a bad decision, make a good decision. And, you know, if you're going to get married, yeah, <laughs> come to us. Do it there. Yes. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. See, I don't think they'll like it. No, probably not. Yeah. And well, I, I don't hate it. Partnership. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you're going to make a bad how about decision, how about where even every bad decision is a good decision? Hmm, that's very similar. I know. I think it's just a little more clever. 
All right, when we come back here on Honorado and Bagnardi, did Adam Gay say something yesterday that will prevent the Jets from drafting a quarterback no matter where they select one or two with the option of Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields? That's next right here on Honorado and Bagnardi. Depressed, overworked, job sucks, underappreciated. When life sucks, just say Dillagaff. Our clothing line puts the FU back into fun. Nothing will give you greater satisfaction. Dillagaff isn't just an attitude, it's a lifestyle. Some people ride the crazy train, we drive that mother. Check out our selection at DillaGaffUSA.com. All right, Shawnee, before we get to what Adam Gase said yesterday, which I think kind of interesting. I mean, look, he knows he's done in New York, but I think it may cause GM Joe Douglas to just pause Hmm. second. Before we get to Gase's comments on the quarterback, Sam Darnold, let's do a little name that quarterback. Name that quarterback, Bags. He's thrown 142 consecutive passes without a touchdown. It's the longest current streak in the NFL. Name that quarterback. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. It is Darnold. Uh, He hasn't thrown a TD in four straight games. That is tied for the longest streak in franchise history with Geno Smith back to 2013. The guys not all that close to him, Jacoby Brissett, second on the list at 105, and Daniel Jones is third at 68. 142 consecutive pass attempts, no touchdowns. That's not good. Yeah. What do you want me to say? That's not good. Gase's comment is on your screen. I came here to help him develop his career, and we haven't been able to do that. I haven't done a good enough job. Yeah, we know. So my question is, is this admission by Gase that it's him and not the quarterback enough for Joe Douglas to say, okay, he's only 23. Maybe we need to support him better than we have. Maybe he isn't the problem, Sam Darnold. Maybe it's everything else around him in terms of offensive weapons, but more importantly, bad coaching. We just had the conversation in the first block, we did. right? Which quarterbacks are able to elevate above bad coaching? Maybe Darnold isn't. Maybe Darnold is more Baker Mayfield. Maybe if you bring in a different coach next year, the Jets aren't 0-11. Maybe they're 6-5. and Maybe they're 7-4. and Maybe it is the Kevin Stefanski Baker Mayfield effect. Yeah. So this is twofold for me here. The, to answer the initial question, no. I don't think what he said is enough or what he w- could ever say would be enough to influence upper management with how they proceed. I just don't think he's got that kind of standing there anymore. You're right. He's done. He's out. I think regardless of what he says, even if it's a statement like this, they're going to evaluate the talent they have and make the decision they want based on who they have and who's available and who they think they're in a position to draft if that's the way they want to go. I don't think they're going to look back and say, what did that coach who we're going to get rid of say about this situation, right? (laughs) Um, As far as Darnold, you're right. I I don't know if we've seen him with enough around him, but that's hard to judge, man, because you might never see that the way you need to or the way you want to. So there are going to be a lot of factors that go into evaluating him as a talent and evaluating the potential talent that they can bring in. And I don't know if he's the quarterback of the future there, but I do know that what Adam Gase says is probably not going to impact that. You know I like Sam Darnold. I think he has enough potential to win in the NFL, uh, enough talent, certainly. Here's the stumbling block for me. 
Because even if the Jets say, you know what, maybe it isn't Sam, maybe it's Adam and maybe it was Bowles before him and maybe we haven't done a good enough job getting him the necessary offensive line for starters, but then the receivers as well. Receivers haven't been healthy and maybe they just aren't good enough either. Even if even if the front office admits all of that to themselves, the biggest stumbling block is going to be Darnold's contract because this is already year three. If you say we're not going to draft Lawrence or Fields, we're going to ride with Darnold, you're not going to get enough out of him next year, in my opinion, to warrant picking up that fifth-year option, which is probably in the neighborhood of $25 million. There's just no way. So even if you say Sam might be good enough, I just don't think you're a big enough gambler to roll the dice and say year four is going to be spectacular and it will then warrant us picking up that fifth-year option and paying him 25-plus. So he's not the quarterback. Starting quarterback for the New York Jets next season is who? Trevor Lawrence, because here's the race for the number one pick. Okay, Vegas at the Jets this weekend, Jacksonville at Minnesota. Now, I think both teams lose. I think we're looking at 0-12 and 1-11. So I think it stays tight. But I, I think the Jets end up here still getting that number one pick. And even if they don't, Shawnee, they'll have the second pick and they'll take Justin Fields. It's going to be a quarterback. And what happens if they're if they finish with the same record? How does the tiebreaker work? We're not there yet um, because they haven't played head to head. They will go to conference record, I believe, is the okay. first tiebreak. And then I think it's which is the when you play within the division, is that inter or intra? I think it's intra. I do too. Yeah, then you'd go intra division record, I believe, and then maybe if there were a head to head matchup. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're right. Both going to lose. But if I had to take one here to pull the upset, it'd be the Jags. So keep it up, Jets. Uh, neither one of us seems to know inter versus intra, which is disappointing. Uh, Jeff Casey, would Gase just be taking a bullet for Darnold? Doesn't want to throw him under the bus. I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah, except he's already thrown him under the bus. Right? I mean, he hasn't been this, like, rah-rah, you know, defending Darnold every step of the way kind of guy. I think he is now resigned to the fact that the job is no longer going to be his in New York. and so Well, and that's – so that's part of it, right? I mean, if you see yourself as the coach of the future – Maybe he looks to blame others at that point to try to keep that job security. But now realizing that that's not going to be the case, maybe now you go the other way and try to take all the blame to to protect the people around you. I mean, that's, I guess, maybe just human nature. But either way, we know at this point he is not the guy of the future. So I'll circle back to what I said earlier and that much of what he says, if not all of what he says, carries little weight at this point. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I'm just going to fetch you, Shawnee, the uh, the schedules here for the Jets and the Jags. Here's Jacksonville, okay? After they play at Minnesota this weekend, of course, mm-hmm. Wi-Fi doesn't want to work. I mean, this, is good, this is good television. Yeah, isn't it? All right, we'll get back to that. Good, internet. good internet. You want my help? I got you. Talk no, you can't them. help me. I know that. Go. You can't be of any help to me. I got I got the Wi-Fi here. We're Go for it. High powered. We'll talk about something. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to the college football playoff rankings next. I don't want to then have to circle back to the Jaguars, right? And yeah, Jeff, case man, back on it here. Just want to say he is that bad. Just doesn't want to say he's that bad. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. I see. So you're defending Darnold to the idea that like he knows he's bad, but doesn't really want to say it and. I don't know. Maybe if you're vengeful against the franchise, you say some nice things, right? And, right. and maybe you hope that the, the Jets keep them and screws it up. All right. You want to point here? And, and this is true. Darnold's been playing with that banged up shoulder. He had the left shoulder injury. Um, was it against the Steelers that got him? I think so. Um, and he's missed four of the 11 games this year. No. So he's 0 7. Flacco's 0 4 for the combined 0 11. We got it. We got the math on that. Thank Go you. Go ahead. Uh, Jets have the Raiders, the Seahawks, the Rams, the Browns, and the Pats. That's tough. 
That's tough, man. Yeah. Maybe what, what New England mean? at the end. Watch out. Maybe New England at the end. Maybe the Patriots don't have anything to play for. Maybe Cam isn't playing and they want to get a look at Stidham. I mean, there's no way you want it. Let's assume Jacksonville stays at one win. If you're the Jets, you want to take the over. Let's say the no. tiebreaker's in question. You you want to take the over and guarantee it. That's no, tough. I don't. I don't want to be one of the teams that's lost every single game in a season. No, oh, good. That's nice. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, here we go. Jacksonville has Minnesota, Tennessee, Baltimore, the Bears, and the Colts. Maybe the Bears. Maybe the Bears. Maybe I the agree. Bears. That would be the one. Or the Colts if they have nothing. To but play. if I said to you, taking the offer is the only way you're going to get Trevor Lawrence, are you not signing up for that? No. I'm not convinced that the Jets still won't stick with Darnold and move this pick. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Trading out is very interesting. You get a king's ransom for it. Uh, college football playoff rankings are out again, bags. Of course, we're only one day away now from the college football weekend. Uh, nothing has changed. Bama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. They all won last weekend, except Ohio State, which did not play. Buckeyes have had two of their last three games canceled. And so my question for you is, how many games is too few? Well, How many of the Buckeyes have to play in order for you to say, yep, they're one of the top four teams in the country. Put them in the playoff. Here's the problem, man. I mean, you're looking at right now having played fewer than half of two other teams in the top four here and half of the other one. That's not enough. It, to me, it's not about how many games I think as much it is a percentage of the other teams. Okay. And if, and if you're at half, that's not enough. Notre Dame's got two more games. They play Syracuse this weekend, and then they've got one more after that. So they'll get to 11 played. Ohio State has two more games on the schedule. It starts with Michigan State this weekend. A game I give you a watch out on because it's a noon kick in East Lansing. Just just watch out. And Michigan State is coming off a victory over number 8 Northwestern last weekend. So let's see. So they'll finish. So the, the top number will be 11. Yes. Yep. Then I would say for Ohio State. They can only get to six. That's all they've got left on the schedule is two more. Not not enough for you. Seven. (laughs) Listen, yes, that that's just over half. If it's six on 11, that's not good, man. That's not. But again, it's not their fault. And if they control they control their destiny and win all their games what what can you say I mean yeah you want to see a team like that you want to give them a chance to compete for the championship especially if they haven't lost and they are ranked as one of these top teams again this year even speaks to what I've always talked about is this expanded playoff where you invite more teams in and then at the very least you make them play a few more games um, even if they're you know against a lower seeding type of situation just to, just to get more games behind them. Meanwhile, Texas A&M and Florida, which are ranked five and six, have played from the outset as part of the SEC. Yeah. Part of the SEC. All right, Bags, why is the Houston Rockets' new head coach, Steven Silas, treating the franchise and James Harden's relationship as if it is stuck in high school? And who won the Westbrook wall trade? between the Rockets and Wizards. That's next. We're back in less than a minute here on Honorado and Bagnardi. Back on Honorado and Bagnardi, uh, brought to you by Exit 9 Wine and Liquor Warehouse in Half Moon, uh, right off where else but Exit 9. 37,000 square feet, every possible whiskey you could want in your life. 
And talk about holiday shopping the way we do with Frank Adams Jewelers. Where do you have to go around the holidays? The liquor store. Where's the best place to go in the capital region? Exit 9, wine and liquor. So as you're stocking your beverage center like I do or the wine rack, go to Exit 9, wine and liquor warehouse. Say hello to the owner, Marco Callanan, who's a great dude. And uh, and tell them that, that we sent you. We recommend it highly. I like a little of the alcoholic eggnog this time of year. Sure, a little rum and eggnog. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Little, uh, what do you what do you sprinkle on top of that? Nutmeg. 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 Yeah. Nutmeg. Yeah. By the way, I wanted to ask you this earlier. The guy in the Dilgaff commercial, when it says "job sucks" and he's ripping up a piece of paper, what do you think that is? He's ripping up. Yeah, well, I sh- I can't play that back. Is that like um, payroll sheet? Is it a? It is, is it? You asking me if it's real or fake? What are you asking? Well, I know it's fake, but I'm saying in the in the spirit of the conversation, like the guy is at work, he's ripping up something. What do you think that is? Is that like his boss asking him from do more work? Yeah, it's probably you know the movie Office Space where they've got yeah. the TPS reports. It's yeah. probably you know, these just stupid nonsensical right you know, busy work type reports that bosses and management don't understand and they make you do it anyway he's he's printed up the numbers for the 15th time in a row and they still don't match and he's just ready to lose his mind yeah there you go you know, everybody's thinking <laughs> like you i love it same wavelength all right before we do the nba conversation here bags what did you say to me you're not going to remember what did you say to me last week about college basketball do you remember I say a lot of things about yeah. college basketball. You it said to matter me, the tournament. How how do we know? We, we don't know if anybody's good. Most of these players we don't really know yet, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm taking it upon myself to educate. Oh, please. Every do. week during the college basketball season, we're going to do something called the college basketball name to know. Oh, thanks. And this is Luca Garza. When I say Luca, you probably think mm-hmm. Doncic, and I don't blame you. Who did you but get this the sponsor? Luca Garza. Nobody. Senior at Iowa. He's got back-to-back 30-point first halves for the Hawkeyes. This is an unsponsored segment, right? Correct. Okay. Um, And less time on it? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Okay, cool. I don't have much reaction to this because I don't know who they played. See, this is another problem with college just in general. We see it a lot in football, too, with these monstrosities of blowouts, right, when you get these bad matchups. So this could mean nothing based on who they've played, mm-hmm. especially with the way scoring is now, just in basketball across the board. Of course, it's worse in the NBA, but pace of play is picked up everywhere, and we're going to see more outside shooting, more scoring. That's impressive regardless. I mean, let's yeah. be clear about that. That Those are good numbers to put up. We, we know it's Division One, so those are good numbers. But they could be they, this, this could be playing nobody, as far as I know. Do you Would you say you know much about Luka Garza? Uh, what I know is that he's got back-to-back 30-plus point first halves, and he plays for Iowa. That's, That's what I know enough. about. Okay. Yeah. He's he's the reigning Big Ten player of the year. Wow. Okay. Great. I think he, he his athleticism is not going to remind people of Obi Toppin, but I think he's going to get a similarly bad rap maybe as a guy like Obi Toppin, and I'll tell you why. Hmm. Because, one, and this is a knock that, that – Every single NBA evaluator seems to have when you get around draft time. And it is that he is a senior. Mm-hmm. And what's the knock against seniors? Well, you're not good enough to have left college early. How good could you really be? Are you going to be an NBA factor? I would argue that at 6'11", 265, he's been grown into his body. The numbers have gone up every single year. Like I said, he's the Big Ten Player of the Year last season. The other knock, though, and this is where he's going to run into an issue. At what size bags are you too big in the NBA's mind to not be able to shoot the three? No size. Yeah, I was just going to say. It it doesn't matter. Yeah, have to be able to shoot the three. And in three games, he's only attempted eight from downtown. So I think he's going to be viewed as this back-to-the-basket kind of guy at the next level and how attractive is that to NBA teams. And so if you don't know the name Luca Garza, bring it to everybody's attention now, one, because he's had historic first halves the last two times out, but two, because I think you're going to hear some of these things around the NBA draft about Luca Garza, that he's maybe not athletic enough, that maybe he doesn't shoot the three enough for the NBA. So stats are tough. I always... When it's college, I try to compare it 
in some way to what this would be equal to in a professional level, just to try to provide some context for me. And that, that, if I looked at that in the NBA, I would say that's really impressive. And you could see a guy like Curry or Thompson or LeBron or, you know, a big star putting up two 30 point first halves. So I guess for me, for this guy to do it, the number three team in the country, for me to be really impressed by it, I would say I want to see it against two ranked opponents. Yeah. And and look, you said, who did they play? Uh, I've got it here. He did it against Western Illinois last night and Southern a week ago. Not ranked. But again, right. he was the conference player of the year last I year. I get it. No, I, I look, I get so it. So he played everybody last year and was great. Yeah, but not this great. I mean, that, that's impressive. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad it's now a name I know. And uh, if we do this every week, this would be great, assuming we, you know, finish college basketball and finish all these other sports through the pandemic. Uh, this will be great. This is a good segment. I like this. I know Syracuse uh, has a positive test. It was a walk-on player. Now they've got five guys that are out mm-hmm. for you know, roughly two weeks, the way this yeah. is going. And, um, and we know the colleges just in general are going to be less equipped to yeah. handle this than, than the pros are. And they're going to be more inclined to just flip the switch and, and shut it down quicker if things get even slightly looking like they're going to go out of control. So that's unfortunate. But look, hopefully we push through this. We know – um, that a vaccine is going to start to be rolled out here in a couple of weeks. And, you know, maybe a few months from now, everything will be great, but it's going to be a haul of a few months. So I just hope we can get through all these and, and we're not back where we were a few months ago where it's like, well, we're not going to start baseball on time. And, you know, all the stuff that we went through. I do want to ask you about this one, whether or not you're interested, but uh, will you take the vaccine? Yeah, eventually. Sure. Hey, shouldn't shouldn't the the offer from Clinton, Bush, and Obama? It should be a televised event. Look, Obama said he would do it on TV. And I know they all did. Guys saying, "Hey, come do it on on my show." They all said they would do it yeah. on TV. Let's go sit them down next to each other and boom, boom, boom. That is the worst television. Okay, <laughs> let me ask you this: Would you yeah. rather pay fifty dollars to see oh. three? former presidents get the vaccine or two old guys fighting. I mean, we didn't even get the touch on the fight. No. And I think we should. I think we should waste everybody's time. Exactly. That's what the fight was a waste of everybody's time and a waste of their $50. First of all, here, here are my little uh, cliff notes from, from fight night. A couple undercard fights that I sat through because I had to get my $50 worth weren't actually that bad. They were all right. You know, whatever. Um, Nate Robinson should have never decided he was going to step in a ring. He might still be laying on that mat. Okay. I mean, he got he got demolished, right? That's the only word. Demolished. Okay. Now the Tyson fight. They kept saying uh, during the broadcast – Look, it's two 50-year-old guys. We, we do have to manage our expectations. And then they roll the montage of, like, the greatest clips of all time. And it's like, let's create this biggest, the biggest hype fest we can because we know people are now paying their money and, and tuning in here as we get closer to the big fight. And it's like, hype it up, hype it up, hype it up. We have to manage expectations. Manage that. Also, the, the music outside of Snoop, okay, <laughs> they had these – you know, the like we have a fight now. We're gonna send some clown out there to sing some inappropriate rap song. I could do without all that. Snoop was fun to see because that was really the throwback that we wanted. We wanted to be in the 90s. That's what this was all about. This is all of this was about for people just like us to feel like we're in the 90s. So Snoop, that was fun, right? Like that, that for the nostalgia's sake was great. All right, then we get in the ring. The ref's name is Corona. <laughs> what are we doing? Of all the boxing referees that are out there, for a stupid fight that means nothing, an exhibition fight, you got to get a guy with the last name Corona in 2020. Give me a friggin' break. Okay, now we get in the ring. Fine. Two-minute rounds, please. I mean, please. They start fighting. Roy Jones Jr., end of the first two-minute round, gasping for air. Looks like he needs to be on oxygen in the corner. And I'm immediately thinking to myself, this is a mistake. 
And people are like, well, Tyson looked good. Did he? He looked okay. Yes, he looked good for a guy his age in that he wasn't huffing and puffing like anybody else his age should have been and like Roy Jones Jr. was. So, yeah, I guess he looked fine. But do I want to see him fight again? No. Do I want to see this fight again? No. I didn't want to see beyond round one after I thought Roy Jones was going to just pass out and die. And then, and then to cap it all off, you don't even say Tyson won. You make it a draw because that uh, was friendly. And it, no, that's not what anybody wanted to say. Terrible waste of money. Nobody's face was puffy at the end of it all. Okay, so you you spent fifty bucks on it and you're disappointed. Yeah. Would you not buy about the money though? Would you Would you buy Tyson Holyfield? Mm, yeah. <laughs> you have to. You can't not see it. That's the problem. Right. I would. It, it's like yeah. You have to. You have to. But would I enjoy it? Probably not. I would just hope that, you know, after the first round, after the second round, that it looks like they're going to be able to keep fighting. I mean, Roy Jones Jr. did not look good. He did not look good, man. Here are the best parts of the night. You already mentioned one of them, and it was Snoop. He was phenomenal. And I I love me some Snoop. The, the other best part of the night was the pre-match interview with Tyson, who was apparently high. And that was that was the best part of the night was the Tyson interview and then the Snoop analysis. Period. Well, yeah, his Snoop's analysis was better than yeah. Snoop's music. But how about the post-fight interview where it's like, yeah, it's a draw, and Tyson's like, yeah, I'm okay with that. Like, yeah, I thought I won, but I'm okay with that. No, nobody wants that. That's not nostalgic. I want the guy who's going to bite people's ears and say, I'm going to eat your children. That's and the Jones, Tyson we want. Jones was still out of breath. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Still out of Come on. All right. Oh, Four wait a minute. Right Hold on. The, the, the number one and number two in college. Yeah. I, who, who cares? It means nothing. Let's, let's see it in the tournament. Will this affect any championship? Uh, will this affect? Any? No. 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 Don't care. Okay. But it could, it could help determine a one seed when we get to March. Or April or May, whenever the hell if we If you're play. a two seed, who cares? If you're if you're a two, it's the same as a one because you're always going to be playing lesser teams. I mean, maybe you could say the two three instead of the one four would be a little bit of a disadvantage, but you're still going to be the favorite seed. And it's not like there's a home advantage. So when it winds up one and two, if you get there, you're playing the game you would have played anyway. So it really doesn't matter to me. Boy, very very 2020 in your answer there. Oh, who won this trade? Westbrook Wall. Wizards, Rockets, who won? The Lakers. Because for me, all this does is make a pretty good Western Conference team a little bit worse and a little bit less reliable. Because John Wall, I mean, when was the last time he played basketball? I don't know if he's going to be as good as he was, I think even as good as he was, he's not at quite as good as Westbrook. It's almost a push. They do some different things. Well, I, I, I get, wait a minute. If I gave you both of them healthy. Yeah. Westbrook. Which one would you rather have on your team? Westbrook. Yeah. But I think wall might, might fit a little bit better with Harden than, than Westbrook, but still, I don't think there is good. I don't know that he's going to be as good as he was or is expected to be and and can he stay healthy i think he's yeah. less reliable whereas like westbrook's a guy who i feel like he's gonna go out there and and be there for you i mean anybody can get hurt right but john wall i just i don't love it so i think it helps the lakers because for me it's one less thing they probably have to worry about not that they had to worry about them anyway and we've talked about how we both think the lakers have gotten better this offseason um if I had to pick one of these two teams, I guess maybe, despite what I just said, maybe Houston, because now Harden's a little bit happier to get Westbrook out of town, and the and the Wizards are a non-factor anyway to me. Yep, and so I think, think that, that's win- why. But you know, one for one, give me Westbrook, but this trade probably Houston is 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 favored. Interesting. I think the winner in this is Westbrook because he's now out of what I think could quickly become a toxic situation in Houston. Um, he's away from James Harden. He's away from what feels like it's just going to be a rebuild. I, I know they want to try to resign James Harden, but Harden isn't down with that currently. And the comment, this this jumped out at me, and, and I said it in the tease. 
why is Steven Silas treating the Rockets-Harden relationship as if it's a high school relationship? He said to the Houston media, he's giving James Harden some space. Are because this is the NBA. Me? That's why. Not, well, I know. But this is the NBA. This is how it is now with the stars. Yes, but you – look, if – if you said, I'm giving LeBron James some space, I'm giving Giannis and Ted DeCumpo some space, what if the Rockets won of any significance with James Harden? And I understand the regular season record is so much better because of Harden, yeah. but what they have they done? What have they accomplished with Harden? And so why do why do they feel – and they do. They do. I mean, ask the owner for Tita and, and now ask Silas – that the, why are you so obsessed with keeping James Harden? What real difference? And don't tell me about ticket sales and regular season wins. What real difference is him being on the roster going to make for you? Yeah, none really. Uh, well, at this point, yeah, because you're not. It, look, his best chance of getting a ring is driving down to Frank Adams. <laughs> okay, that's about it. Because. There, it's not going to happen with Harden there. I think we've, we've seen that. And this certainly doesn't put you over the top. I mean, this is a move, if anything, that's sort of a, a lateral kind of thing. Like this just, I don't know. Again, maybe they're a little bit better because if Wall is healthy, maybe his style is a little bit better to play with Harden's and maybe Harden's a little bit happier. But even those are maybes. And let's say they come true. Is this team gonna gonna win the west no no absolutely not no um all right lebron james signed a contract extension this past week everybody's saying a two-year contract it isn't it isn't it's it's being pitched that way but it isn't it's one more year on his current lakers contract the first year is ripping up what was a team player option type of thing it's getting him more money but they're just adding one more year on right so it's going to take him through the 2022-2023 season. He'll be 38 years old at the end of all of this. What type of player is he at the end of all of this? Well, LeBron's the kind of guy who you're never going to count out. You're never going to try to underestimate, right? That's It's sort of like Tom Brady. How many years in a row do you have to keep saying, well, he's not going to be the same Tom Brady. He's not going to be. And yes, is he the same Tom Brady? Will be the same exact LeBron? No. But he's also a guy who I'm not going to say is going to go off a cliff. I just can't do it with him. And what will he be at 38? He'll be the best damn 38-year-old, that's for sure. And what he's doing now at his age is impressive. So, yeah, I'm not going to say that what he won't be doing a year from now or two years from now or even three years from now won't be impressive. Not as impressive. I expect him to take a little bit of a step down, you know, gradually, right, as we go. But I'm not going to underestimate LeBron James. I'm just not going to do it. I think he will be still a guy who can win can win a championship if you put the right stuff around him. He's not going to be – he might not even be the top guy, but if he's a part of a big two or three, if he's a number two with a, you know, with a really good number one, you know, that's what you need now to win anyway. LeBron can be the number one now or one A with AD. Yeah. I think three years from now, he could be a number two to a guy like an AD number one and still be winning championships. Better than Jordan at 38. I just thought to myself, I know Jordan played at 38. What was he exactly? He had just come out of retirement. He played 60 games for the Wizards and he averaged 23 points a game. Six rebounds, five assists at those 38. Those are pretty good numbers. Man, those are pretty good numbers. I would say, I would say, not to cop out here, I would say pretty close to that. Yeah. That those are probably the numbers where I would have him again because he wouldn't be a number one at that point. Because what I think LeBron, whereas Jordan could say, I'm gonna come back and play for the Wizards just to give this team some attention. And I know I'm not going to win a championship. Whereas LeBron will be focused, I think still on trying to win a championship or win more championships at that point. So I think he'll be more willing to try to team up with somebody else, even if it means not being quite that number one that we're so used to seeing him as. So numbers wise, maybe he won't be putting up those kind of points and rebounds because somebody else will be there. 
but I see him in a position still and always for the rest of his career to be trying to win championships. Yeah, I think so too. And Jeff makes a good point here. Doesn't need to score to make a difference on it. Doesn't need to be the leading scorer. And he wasn't this year. Anthony Davis was the leading scorer for the Lakers. So, yeah. But yeah, he needs to be down. able to. He needs to be able to be the leading scorer. Because once he doesn't have that ability to plow right. down the lane and you get points whenever he wants, he, he needs to be that threat yep. somewhat to still be able to set up guys the way he needs to. All right, the clock is ticking here. December 21st is the deadline for Giannis to sign a five-year, $228 million Supermax extension. Will he do it in Milwaukee? Is he going to sign this contract? Yes. That's it. I think he is because at the end of the day, He's the guy to me right now who I look at in this league, who whom the star who would say, I'm going to be loyal to, to the system. Even though he might feel like he wants out at times or feel like he wants more there, I think he's the guy at the end of the day of all the superstars who will say, when, when push comes to shove, no, I am going to try to do it right where I am. He feels that way to me too. Um but I don't think he signs this. Mm. I, I think he wants to see what else might be out there and not necessarily to bail or to team up with another superstar. I think he's just feels like the last two years, again, we've won a lot of regular season games. Wow. What has that gotten me? And have the moves the Bucks made this offseason done enough to keep him? I don't think so. Are they done making moves? They I mean, can't do much more. Right. That's the problem. So, in the absence of doing something big before December 21st, I guess the question is is it enough for him? And the thing that I'd be worried about if I'm Milwaukee is if it isn't enough yet, like he hasn't signed it yet, what's going to change? But that's a lot of money, man. Yeah, that's it, it is. And it's it's markedly more than he'll get anywhere else. Because right. if let's you know, Miami, what Miami's doing is the Heat are well positioning themselves to make a run at Giannis because every deal they've been giving guys is a two-year, but that second year is a team option. So yeah. like a Goran Dragic, like a Myers Leonard, those are two-year deals, but the second year is a team option. They are keeping their options open in case Giannis does hit free agency. Miami will make a run at him. They will make a real run at him. That's a nightmare. As a Nets fan, that would be a nightmare. And that's only he will get four years from a team like that. This is a five-year Supermax. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he signs it. You do. I do. I do do think at the end of the day, it'll get done. And it'll get done late. But it'll get done. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. When we come back, hang with us, everybody. Bank on it. Bags is NBA-related and... And I like it because it creates interesting conversation about the end of one player's career. We're banking on it with Capcom next right here on Honorado and Bagnardi. So what does Capcom have that your bank doesn't? You'll love our lower fees and great rates and a team of financial experts who put you first. What's not to love? We even make it easy to switch. Visit us and open your account today. And find out what it's like to bank where you matter most. All right, Shawnee, you take first swing here this week, buddy, with, with bank on it. Roll <clears throat> All right, Chris, bank on it presented by Capcom Federal Credit Union. As you said, mine is related to the NBA. It is really what we just talked about. Mr. LeBron James, my bank on it, sir. LeBron James will not play with his son, Bronny. A lot of people have speculated that this extension is timed just right so that when he, it's up, he'll be able to go play with Bronny wherever Bronny is drafted in the league. I don't see it happening because Bronny, I think, will be – you know, a good pick, right? 
What do you think, Chris? You're already shaking your head over there. Come on, bring. No, I'm not. I'm I'm actually laughing at the name Bronny. Can you can you become an adult male and still have the name Bronny? Uh, I guess if you're LeBron James' son, you could, right? Yeah. So Bronny, I think will will be a decent pick, meaning he's going to go to a bad team. He's going to go to a bad team. Um, but. what if it is a bad team in a desirable city? No, because here's why. This is what it, this is the key factor of this. LeBron will be chasing rings until the very end. Unless he wants to go to Frank Adams, he's going to have to go to a legitimate title contender, which is not going to be a lottery pick kind of team. He he'll he will prioritize being somewhere where he can make one last run at it or or two final runs at it more than playing with his son. Because where's he going to be at that point title-wise? Right in that Jordan vicinity, man. And that's what it's going to all come down to, either tying that mark or trying to get above that mark. That's what he's going to be centrally focused on. And look, I was a little surprised. I think we all were when he landed in LA. So... LeBron, LeBron does what LeBron wants. Okay, he wanted to go back to Cleveland and prove a point and get them their ring. He wanted to go to LA to do the stuff that he wanted to with his personal life and and not just make it all about basketball. But what did it come down to very quickly after one really bad season there? Nah, get to win a championship. Yep. So trade for Anthony Davis. Trade for Anthony Davis. So. That's what it's going to circle back to for him. And I don't see him at that stage of his career where he could go somewhere unless he can pull some kind of massive coup and just bring, and that's the only way. And that's possible. And I'm not saying he wouldn't try to do it, but I think he's more likely to do something else, go to a title contender that's essentially already built and not have yeah, to I was gonna say, Don't you think he has enough power within the Lakers organization to tell them, trade this guy, that guy, and two future first-round picks for Bronny after he's been drafted. Because you can't you can't trade for a draft pick and hope he's there. He's got to get selected, and then you've mm. got to trade for him. Yes. It's, it's possible. And that's another way to do it is you don't go to where he gets drafted. You make sure that he gets drafted to your team or wherever he gets drafted, he then gets traded to your team. Fine. There are multiple paths to him playing with Bronny, but it's not going to be the priority. And that being the case, I don't see it happening. Now, unfortunately, we have a long wait to find out if this is going to come true. Um, and we'll never remember that this was even a bank on it at that point. Do you, do you think I got a few for you here quickly? Yeah. Do yeah. you think by the time by the time Bronny graduates high school? the draft will take high school kids. Yes. Okay. Do you think LeBron plays beyond the 2023 season for which he's currently signed? Yes. Okay. Do you think he ends his career with the Lakers? No. Okay. There's a better chance he ends it in Cleveland. Or Miami. Oh my God! Enough already with the going back to Cleveland stuff. A better, a better chance. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. But he's not gonna. Does that change anything for you? How you view him? And I know people get crazy about legacy, but does it? Does it change anything for you if you see Cleveland, Miami, Cleveland, LA, Team X? It's a part of his legacy. So I don't know that it sh- it doesn't change. It does. It's not going to be as big a factor as it will for others with me. No, it will not. No, it's going to come down to what he did on the court, no matter what city that home court was in. All right. As we wrap it up here, my bank on it bags presented by Capcom Federal Credit Union. And this is I have full control over this one. The Christmas tree will stay up until the Super Bowl. We're going to make history here. And here are the two biggest reasons why. We will keep it up as long as we do. Well, one, it's artificial. Okay, so that's just a given. 1A is because in 2020, 
and into 2021. Shawnee, your mic is still up, even though we can't see you. Do you think that we are in a better health and mental state in January and early February in this country? No. Okay. So leave the Christmas trees up, right? That is number one. And then two, Ash just really enjoys the Christmas tree, putting on the lights at night. And so we we do that. Why not extend the holiday season a little bit? First of all, everybody, and I'm talking everybody, put up holiday decorations before Thanksgiving this year. So where is the crime and the guilt in leaving it up all the way to the Super Bowl? Enjoy it. Let's feel a little bit festive in what has been an otherwise really crappy now nine and a half months and what will be 11 and a half months by the time we get to the Super Bowl. Do it, people. Enjoy it. This is like my my Stephen A. Smith reaction to you. <laughs> Chris, it, I, I tell you, if I'm Capcom, I, I'm, I'm wrapping this thing up. I, you, you can't bank on it. Something that's in your con- – thank you. Thank you, Ashley. This is exactly what I'm saying. Uh, what are you doing? You can't have that be a bank on it. Yeah, bank on it, of course, if it's under your power. Yeah. No, that is the softest, weakest bank on it I, I, we could ever have. Capcom is probably outraged. Here's what you're forgetting. Do you believe that I make all final decisions calls in my household? No, but if it's like, you know, we bank on it. <laughs> Like, come on, come on. That's it. You know what? That's it. It's sad. And as far as leaving it up, that's absurd. Because by by mid-January, you're going to be like, it's done. This is over. What are we doing? Yes. And now we've got, you're going to try to ride it out for another two, three weeks at that point. Let's see. Maybe I will get tired of it. And and we'll do a show in the middle of January and it won't be behind me. And that's the thing. Now, if this will be your location. Yeah. If, and if you don't even come through on a bank on it that you control, that'll be even worse. Yeah. Even worse. Do you doubt it? Nah. Yeah. yeah. This All is right. unbelievable. All right. Ash says she's going to take it down just to blow up the bank on it. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I'm Good. telling you, I'll come home one night and it'll be down, and that'll be that. Because I won't put. I, who's going through the effort of putting it back up just to try to prove a point here? Yeah, no. Uh, next week's show live on location, Sean. Boy, I hope they let us inside. Otherwise, it's going to be cold out in the uh, parking lot at Mohawk Chevrolet in Clifton Park. Being the beautiful showroom, at Mohawk Chevrolet. Uh, they are building an incredible facility in Malta. But man, we are pumped up. For this partnership with Mohawk Honda and Mohawk Chevrolet, we're going to do a, a show live on location once a month at uh, in their showroom at Mohawk Chevy, and we start it next Thursday. Really looking forward to that, man. Yeah, and let's point out, too, we'll do it safely, socially distanced. We won't be near any customers uh, or each other, thank God. Um, so no concerns there. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, too. We'll get out, get out on the road, get out in front of the people a little bit. And, uh, yeah, that's a lot of pressure. We have to do a good job when we're not sitting in our kitchens and living rooms. I know. Yeah. I'm going to have to put on pants. Right. You would. Please do. I got shorts on right now. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shawnee. Uh, hey, if if they're watching for any reason, how about a salute to Jim Cambrick? Uh, he's not. Our guy at News Channel 13, how many years he's been there. He's been your anchor for – a decade on the 11 o'clock news almost anyway. Um, what a career, what a guy. And and uh, I know he's eager to get to retirement and, and he's earned it. Yeah, he's not watching, but people yeah. might be who know who he is. So I'll say this about Jimmy. If you don't know him personally, um, easiest guy in the world to work with. What you see on TV is what you get behind the scenes, right? I mean, you can't say that for everybody in our business, but it's 100% with him. He's just a genuine, kind guy. The one thing you maybe don't even get through on TV as much because he's so good at his job and he's such a straight news personality is an incredible sense of humor. I mean, Jim is a super, super funny guy. Great to be around. Um, And you you couldn't have a better teammate, a better person to work with. Personally, for me, too, as a young producer coming in, Jim was so good about 
kind of showing me the ropes and, and teaching me different things about how to get a show on the air. And he will definitely truly be missed by literally everybody. Our former news director, Eric Hoppel, sent a, a, a video statement in about Jimmy. And one of the things he said in there that really resonated with me is that he had never in all of his time at the station, which was long, I've never heard a single person say a bad thing about Jim. Wow. And that's, and that's true. Right. I mean, yep. you think about it, it's like, I mean, Christ, we say bad things about bad people, about everybody all the time, but, but not Jimmy, cause he's just such a good guy, such a great personality and will definitely be missed. Yeah, no doubt. He's the man. So he's got one more go round today yeah. and he's doing the ESPN calls it the car wash. He's, he's literally doing the car wash. I think he's a part of every single show 13's got to offer today. And that'll be the 11 o'clock where you'll send him off tonight, man. Uh, we'll see you next week, everybody live from Mohawk Chevrolet in Clifton park. Thanks for watching on